I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing, episode number 165, a production of Crackpot Podcast. My name is not Mike Crockett. I'm not a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast. And, well, I am on an extended hiatus from the ring. I am a longtime co host. Not co host. <laughs> I am the replacement co host, the on standby guy, Brian Fury. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, now contracted Ring of Honor wrestler, Mr. Inside Edition, one half of the bouncer. He is the number one, what? He's one half of the number one contenders for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. I knew that because I actually watched the product. Here is the brawler, Brian Malone. Well, thanks, Brian. Uh, that was that was rough. That was you got through it, though. I'm proud of you. I'm very proud of you. We, we are. Sh- I mean, full disclosure. We're gonna. We literally have to pass a microphone back and forth because Mike Crockett is. Uh, he's not here. Uh, the family is on the men now, which is you know we're happy. We're happy about that. But that still doesn't mean that he's not a selfish prick and has all the all the podcast equipment and can't uh, you know couldn't get it to me. I would have had to probably drive to his house. You know, lives far away from me. But uh, we're happy to hear that the uh, the Crockett family is on the mend, and uh, hopefully Michael's back next week. But uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining me, Fury. Uh, people are going to expect big things for Mills than you. Like, is, there might be a level of disappointment when Mike Crockett is back on this on this show next week. Well, compared to that open, uh, I don't think it'll get any worse when he comes back. I'm normally on the other end. I'm not the guy doing the open, but I demanded before we went on that I do the open. You're like, I'll do it, I'll do it, and I was like, no, no, no. I want to give it a shot. I want to try, and I failed miserably. But I got it all out, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're not used to uh, reading from a script. You're not a contracted WWE wrestler. <laughs> you're used to going off the cuff, bullet points you had to read. That, what happened to you is exactly why I don't... Uh, why I don't like to do it. But anyway, so here we are. We're at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, your home. And before we kind of get into kind of what we're going to be doing today, you know, we always like to do the same thing when you're on, Brian. Give us an update. All things chaotic wrestling, all things New England Pro Wrestling Academy, the world of Brian Fury. What's going on? Well, as far as uh, chaotic goes, things have been really awesome, actually. Um, heading into the summertime, normally, You'd think it's going to be like a down period, but man, that countdown we just did was fantastic. I mean, you know, you were there, you were a part of it. The um, the crowd was full and fantastic and loud all night long. Uh, they were great. Uh, short turnaround. We got a show coming up this Friday night, uh, the 28th in Woburn, Massachusetts. So it's good to get things rolling again. And then after that, we got a couple weeks off until July the 19th. And actually, I believe we announced already, but. Uh, Carlito will be coming in for that show, so that'll be fun, uh, as well as who else knows what's going to happen. So things as far as chaotic wrestling goes have been great. Did you enjoy yourself at the countdown? I did, and uh, well, you know, I think I think I'm going to put you on the spot here right now, Brian Fury. You are a promoter. 
you you booked this wonderful spot in in the Rumble with uh, me and Dan Moff. I mean, I think people I think people want to see that match. I think people want to see Brawler Malonis, Dan Moff one on one. I mean, maybe down the road sometime. I won't make you give us a firm commitment now, but what do you what do you think? Uh, I too would love to see that match. Uh, that's a big reason why I made sure that spot got put in the Rumble, and I. You know, I tweeted the next day some of the pictures from it, and I said that was definitely one of my favorite moments of the entire evening, not just in the countdown itself. And I would love to be able to put that match together at some point in time. Uh, you think you can take him? <laughs> I mean, legitimately, no. He'd, he'd kill me. <laughs> um you know, the funny thing, it would be kind of like, uh, I mean, uh, the Hit Squad uh, with Dan Moff and, uh, and Steve Mack, like they, they were like the original big guy tag team in Ring of Honor. And now, current day, it's, it's myself and the Beer City Bruiser. So I, it's funny, me versus Moff would feel like uh, uh, old school Ring of Honor versus new school Ring of Honor. So it'd be fun. You know, I, 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 we've, I wrestled the Hit Squad when I was teaming with Ace Romero. Um, you know, it was a match and it happened. But... <laughs> Well, I would love to go one-on-one with uh, with Dan Moff. So, Fury, let's make it happen, baby. I will do my damnedest to make sure that happens, uh, 100%. Uh, and then as far as the school, New England Pro Wrestling Academy goes, uh, we have a really good crop of students. Uh, as you saw firsthand, a lot of them finally getting their first taste of action uh, in the countdown. And then we have another group of newer students that are just kind of starting out. It seems like every year... Uh, when school starts to get out and different things and summertime comes around, there's a lot of new people sending emails and coming and, and visiting the school and joining the school and stuff. So there's a whole bunch of new people here, too. Things have been great. The school is healthy and hopefully the future of New England pro wrestling uh, continues to grow. Thanks in part uh, in some, at least to some of my training and what goes on here at the academy. Yeah, which, you know, I think that's a perfect segue into what we're going to be doing here today. I mean, me and you are grizzled old vets <laughs> we've seen it all done it all you know you know all that good stuff we uh you know uh, me weekly and then when you step in and other podcasts you've done you give the pers- we give the perspective of guys who have spent now uh upwards of half of our <laughs> half of our lives on this planet in the professional wrestling business but you know, and a lot of times when we try to find guests for this podcast, we try to find people who are well known and established. And and I thought today might be a good opportunity coming here. Let's get some of these guys who are just at the very beginning. Let's get their perspective. Uh, in the chaotic countdown, there was a number of students. I think I was in the ring with just about every one of them uh, in my time in there that made their debut. And uh, I, I made mention to you, uh, you know, I mentioned it to you earlier. And, and you're, you know, you're behind the curtain and you're you're in the zone. But I was just able to sit back and kind of watch these fellas and watch the excitement and they got a two minute spot in the battle royal but then you could tell when they went through the curtain they'd each sold like you know a bunch of tickets because <laughs> the crowd this guy nobody's ever seen before the crowd erupts for and it's such a normal thing in an in independent wrestling and uh so it was cool it was cool to see you know those guys going through what at one point so many years ago we did yeah i mean it's it's funny for me i was unaware when I was going to have my first match. Uh, when I was driving up to Littleton, New Hampshire, I was supposed to be a referee for the evening because um, I was doing some refing while I was going through my wrestling training. And then when I got to um, the Littleton Opera House, uh, Jeff Costa told me I was going to wrestle and have my first wrestling match. So I didn't have time to worry about it for two weeks ahead of time. I didn't ha- have time to have the butterflies in my stomach. The Littleton Opera House is two and a half, three hours up north, so I didn't have time to sell a lot of tickets or let people know at all. Um, so 
the giddiness and stuff for me happened a little while later when I got to finally go to my hometown and stuff. So it's cool to see them go through all the butterflies and the, the asking me questions here at school, like for like two or three classes beforehand. Oh, what's going to happen? What am I going to do? And like the nervousness, like I don't think any of them blew their knee out as soon as they got into the ring either like you did, right? <laughs> no, thankfully, uh, you know, thankfully they all seem to get out of the ring uh, unscathed. Um, so, you know, I think, I think it's funny. A couple of them, uh, came up to me and afterwards and they were either, you know, just thankful and nervous. I'm like, uh, cool. <laughs> like, you know, but it's funny. I remember, you know, I remember those days and certainly what that felt like. And one thing I really liked that you guys did was that little video package you put together. Um, I don't think I'd ever seen that before. Cause usually in these countdowns and battle Royals and things like that, there's just these random nameless faces that end up in these battle Royals and the crowd doesn't know who they are. Uh, but you guys went the extra mile and actually produced like this nice video that hyped uh, you know the, these students making their debut and made it feel special made them feel special introduced them to your audience so kind of where, where'd you get the idea for that like you know it, it was really good that was actually uh, the silent partner who kind of came up with that idea and I was all for it obviously for not only what you just said but also as kind of like an advertisement for the school and the academy Two of the guys had kind of done a quick little thing with Christian on the show before, kind of came out unannounced, and so he thought it was good to really show some of these people. And, you know, you think back to when we were fans growing up, you see people debut in WWE, there would always be like vignettes or, or different things for people before they showed up. So this was a good little way to give some of them a little camera time so it wouldn't just be the crickets or the who is this guy as they come out you at least have an idea of who he is and and know that you know it's a student and stuff training that's one of the long time things about chaotic that i've always liked is the fans kind of see the students as security around the ring and helping out and they kind of know that these guys are the guys in training and stuff and they sometimes you know they have a rapport with some of the security guards so when they do make their debut they're excited but that video package like you said i really enjoyed a lot and gave the fans like an idea of their gimmicks and who they were coming up and into the ring. And, and I got I to gotta tell you, Brian, I think, and I think this is a testament to you, my favorite thing about all of them, they all look like the wrestlers. They all had professional gear on. Nobody was in ASIC shoes with no kick pads and gym pants or gym shorts and wearing a, you know, some sort of tank top or like everybody looked like a pro wrestler. They had professional looking gear. Uh, I'm blown away. I think like three or four of them had their own t-shirts already. <laughs> I was a little blown away by that, but uh, yeah, they all they all looked apart, and and I think that that's testament to you. That's uh, obviously drilling good stuff into their head. There's nothing that frustrates me more than going to indie wrestling shows and young guys just you know they're wearing clothes they bought at Walmart. <laughs> like it's the most you know you're you're already uh, up against the you know uh, up against the wall with people not knowing who you are, and and then you come out looking like a piece of garbage. Then they really think you're going to piece of garbage. But these guys look special or look looked like pro wrestlers. They felt special because they had the video packages. So I mean, really great job there. Oh, thank you very much. Um, you know, it's one of those things where in this day and age, people kind of wear all kinds of different things when they head into the ring. So if some of them had some sort of character that didn't necessarily need them to have gear but something else like i would have been all for it but thankfully these guys are all pro wrestlers and they're all you know pro wrestling type characters and stuff so it was good that they were able to do that and the biggest thing that i've been harping on them over the last like three four weeks was to get a goddamn tan you have no idea how pale these kids were a couple weeks ago i mean they weren't super tan by, by the countdown but 
they were much more tan than they were ahead of time because I always tell them, like, you can't be pale out there. You can't. You have to get tan. You have to get tan. You have to get tan. And they didn't realize how much I meant it at first until I kept, like, three classes in a row, all right? Four guys standing in a row. Take your shirt off. Let me see. Nope. 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 Oh, you're kind of almost have a tan. Nope. You're still too pale. So uh, the tan was huge for me. You know, it, it, it's, fu- it's funny you say that <laughs> because uh, me and the Beer City Bruiser catch shit for being... <laughs> too tan although i got the farmer's tan going now so i'm totally gonna have to put some fake tanner on for for tv but uh we've caught shit for being too tan but um like i said what we're gonna do is we're gonna get uh a few of your students up here some of them some of the couple of them the guys that made their debut maybe a couple who are kind of on that journey have started on shows uh you know i saw royce bishop who's part of Killanova inc down there doing really good was a guy who when i was booking we were trying to, uh, ironically enough, we wanted to tag him with Flip Gordon. We, Me and Tarzan wanted him and Flip Gordon to be a, a tag team. Um, but then he took some time off, and he's back now and doing great. But maybe talk to him, and, uh, you know, we'll have probably, you know, three, four people on it. But I think it's going to be fantastic to hear, you know, that excitement in people's voices. And uh, let, let the listeners of this podcast, who are very used to a bunch of grizzled fellas <laughs> spewing their opinions, uh, hear, hear about the pro wrestling business from uh, uh, this fresh perspective. But before we get into that, I have to plug BrianMalonis.com. Michael would be mad if I didn't. That's not true. He couldn't care less. But uh, the new beer shirt, Fury, I I feel like this is the shirt for you, my friend. 100% right up my aisle. Uh, The beer, 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 more beer bouncer shirt is fantastic. (laughs) You know, ironically enough, another uh, straight-edge person gave us the idea for this shirt, one one Todd Fatpants Sinclair. So uh, that shirt is up on BrianMalonis.com. The new Brawler Malonis kind of revamped old Brian Malonis logo shirt with Brawler on it's up there. The Kingpin logo shirt is on there. Curtain Jerker shirt on there as well. Visit BrianMalonis.com. Also, uh, if I don't mention, now this crock will get pissed if I don't mention, the WPAN.com. Fury, do you want us to put some hidden nudes of you on there like we have of me and Michael? Um, Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. I'll send them over to you guys to hide on the WPAN.com. Well, uh, don't send them to me. Crockett's the webmaster. All new. <laughs> <laughs> all nudes got to go through uh, Michael Crockett, but visit the WPAN.com. It has all the, uh, you know, all the archived episodes of this show and uh, bios on us, pictures. There may or may not be hidden nudes. You have to discover them for yourself, and maybe some newly added Brian Fury nudes by the time this this drops. But visit the WPAN.com. Uh, but we will uh, cut it here. Uh, we'll, we'll go drag somebody out, literally drag somebody out of the ring from training. And when we come back, we'll be joined by a special guest. All right, so we, we got our first special guest here. Brian Fury literally ran downstairs, grabbed this fellow by the scruff of his neck, dragged him up the stairs to the office. Poor kid probably thought he was in trouble. Fury, why don't you, uh, I'll let you, why don't, why don't you introduce this, this young man and, and tell us a little about him. All right, I don't know how young he is, but... Um, Younger than us. Much, because <laughs> I am an old-ass man. Not as old as Crockett, but old nonetheless. Um, with me is a student by the name of Brad Lewis, who is currently wrestling in the New England area as Charlie Cashew. I believe this is Brad's third time back at the academy. He was here for a little bit, left, here for a little bit again, left. He was helping out, you know, coaching and stuff and doing wrestling um, down at Boston University, Boston College, Boston University. Um, so, I mean, he's got amateur chops galore. 
And now he's working on his pro wrestling chops. I don't remember if you were here when Malonis was a trainer or not at the time. Shake your head, yes or no? No, no, okay. So maybe not. That's why you have no idea who he is. I thought you might have. But uh, So let's welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing, Brad Lewis. Uh, welcome, guys. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad I'm not in trouble. Just welcome me to my own show? <laughs> Wait, you said something interesting. That he doesn't know who I am? No, I know who you are. You don't know who I am. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. But to, to be fair, uh, I've met people along the way who swore up and down they came here and trained here when I was a trainer. And I'm like, cool, man. <laughs> I, I mean, it, you meet so many people. <laughs> like, and, and, and Fury can attest and you'll, you'll know as you go along. Um, but yeah. Brad, Charlie, whatever, whatever you want me to call you, thanks for thanks for joining. Uh, I, I guess kind of like I said, me and Fury, old ass guys, we've been doing this too long. So take us through, like you know, where did the love of pro wrestling come from, and and what what made what possessed you to wake up one day and say, "Hey, I want to go, <laughs> I want to go sign up for pro wrestling school." So I've I've been a fan my whole life. I remember my first match I ever saw. I think I was about five years old. It was a uh, Monday Nitro, and I watched Disco Inferno get destroyed by the Giant and decided that this was just the best form of entertainment, and I became a huge fan. Um, I remember sometime around age 11 or 12, I decided that, yeah, I could, I could do this someday. This is what I want to do when I grow up. So from there... A lot of my life choices were all in the service of eventually being able to do this. I joined my high school wrestling team and wound up finding a lot of success with that. I was always athletic, but wasn't particularly good at any sports. I can't really throw or catch or kick a ball or do any of those coordinated skills that you need to be successful in other sports. But with amateur wrestling, I found some success there and really enjoyed that. I always did that intending to just become better and be able to transition to pro. A lot of my favorite wrestlers growing up were amateur wrestlers like like Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin. I wound up just getting involved in that world and getting so passionate about that that I just kept pushing off the pro wrestling and and kept diving deeper and deeper into amateur wrestling. I feel like I always knew I'd wind up going to pro wrestling as that was originally why I got into amateur and uh, I'm just really glad to be here now. Cool, man. So uh, there's something I want to rewind a little bit and go back to because I think it's one of the most notorious inspirational matches since the Funkadactyl on uh, that season of Tough Enough where it was like Melina versus Alicia Fox or something was like her inspiration for joining the business. You see the giant versus the Disco Inferno, and that's what makes you say, hey, you know what? I want to do this. Not not Goldberg versus Hogan, not Sting versus Hogan, not Austin versus Bret Hart or Austin versus Shawn Michaels or Austin versus Rock, but the Big Show versus the Disco Inferno. Not not Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio because you're a smaller guy. Like that that's that's a that's an interesting. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of interesting, your name. So I, I you know it's it's Charlie Cashew is. So this is your million dollar idea. And I feel like I'm gonna grill the kid here. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna request. Hey, you know what, Fury? I don't know about this Charlie Cashew thing. But your your million dollar idea is Charlie Cashew. <laughs> you know, so so I'm gonna put you on the spot. How 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 much does this suck, Fury? When people do this to us, when I'm about to do the what I'm about to do to this kid here. Who is Charlie Cashew? Not not who Brad Lewis is. Who is Charlie Cashew? So Charlie Cashew, he's uh. 
He's a young kid who's determined to make it as a pro wrestler, and he just wants to make all the crowds go nuts. <laughs> I see what you did there. That is a description that Mark Beaudry would love. Absolutely love. Um, now, when we first sent you out there as Charlie Cashew against Christian Casanova in your first match, I thought that was just one of the names that we kind of threw out there like as like a rib or something, but that was the name that you came up with? Yes, that is a name that I came up with. I tossed around ideas for many names, and after very careful and thoughtful deliberation, settled on Charlie Cashew. I feel like like a Jumbo Nuts t-shirt would, uh, would, do, <laughs> would do pretty well, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's some tongue-in-cheek stuff there. Uh, if you come up with that shirt, I'd like, uh, I'd like a cut of my royalties. This is going to be on the air, so I can sue you now. So if you come up with that shirt and it does well, I'll, I'll expect a cut of it. So that's funny. Char- Charlie Cashew, that, that's, that's interesting. So you're at the very beginning. So kind of talk about now, I mean, you're at one of the best pro wrestling schools in the country. There is a legacy at this school that, I mean, y- y- hopefully you know the history of this school. Basically, uh, the New England Pro Wrestling Academy has kind of merged two of the most historic trainers in the area, uh, Steve Bradley and Walter Kowalski, and taken their legacies and kind of come to this point so i mean you think about where this school has come from and 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 the people have come before you do you feel any pressure for that like you know tell me about that how do you feel about the school it's it's not pressure as much as uh i always feel that if you want to be good at something you need to learn from the best and you have to put yourself in the situation where you're going to have the most expert level coaching if you want to succeed. I feel way more comfortable here because I know the the history and I know that so many people have come through and been successful. And I feel that as long as I hold up my end of the bargain and I work as hard as I can and I make it to every show that I can, I spend my time in the gym. Um, if I do everything on my end, I don't have to worry that I'm not getting the best coaching. I know I'm getting the best coaching. I know I'm getting all of the tools that I need to be successful. Now it's it's just on me to do the rest. Yeah, the more work you do outside of here, the less and less I have to shit on you. So, I mean, that's that's that's, that's good on your part. Um, all right, so back to what we were originally talking about here. Brian and I are old grizzled vets going to a locker room and before a show and thinking about our match, it's kind of like old hat and it's like, you know, if it's a new opponent or something or, or different, then maybe we'll kind of get some butterflies in our stomach if it's a bigger event or something like that. But it's been a long, long time since we've been this early in our career. What has it been like for you to kind of be in the locker room prior to your first couple of matches and the excitement that you have? You know, you just told me like you wrestled somebody that you didn't train with like the first time ever, like recently on a show. So like what, what type of feeling does that give you? So because I want to be as good at this, I I think the only way that I'll ever be really good as a pro wrestler is to wrestle as much as possible. When I'm in these locker rooms and there's there's times, I mean, I was at a show last night where I showed up there not knowing if I would have a match or if I'd be in a battle royal. And I wound up getting to work a five minute singles match in the opener, which which was amazing. So there's there's like an insecurity in that I don't know what I'm going to get because I don't really have any like pull or credibility. Like if I'm on a show right now, it's because the promoters see something in me and is like, Hey, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity. Like nobody's, nobody's buying tickets to see Charlie Cashew just yet. But, um, so if I'm on a show, I, I feel like 
you know, the, the opportunities can be hard to come by. You got to make some like long drives to get to some places and, and give up a, a lot of your day. So to go there and to know that, you know, I might only get a couple minutes to show what I can do. I, I really, there, I do feel that pressure that I, I need to make that time count and, and prove what I can do. Cool, man. So we'll, you know, we'll wrap it up here. It's great to hear your your perspective, and uh, I'll kind of finish it off here. Uh, twofold. It'll be a question, and, and then after you answer the question, if you have social media, all that, plug all that stuff. But uh, I probably have a pretty good idea of what your long term goal is. I don't want to ask everybody what their long term goals are because ultimately they're going to be go to WWE, make money in wrestling, blah blah blah. We we kind of know that. One year from today, June twenty second. We're recording on uh, Saturday, by the way, but June of of twenty twenty. Where do you want to be? You know, I think it's important to set short-term goals and long-term goals. So one year from today, tell me, where, where is Charlie Cashew? Where does Charlie Cashew want to be one year from today? So a year from today, Charlie Cashew wants to have wrestled 100 matches. Charlie Cashew wants to be somebody that when I show up, people are glad that they're going to work with me. And Charlie Cashew is someone that is very respected for his technical ability. Charlie Cashy wants to do a full match of just chain wrestling and make it the match of the night. Wouldn't be my first choice, but <laughs> hell, man, cool. Thanks for thanks for uh, you know taking a few minutes here. I, you're down there. You're working hard. You're you're trying to get better, and in uh, making your trainer drag you out of training to come here and talk to me. But uh, yeah, uh, tell us where we can find you on. Uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully uh, this young man does is not going about to tell me he doesn't have social media because as a pro wrestler, you have to have social media no matter how terrible it really is. So tell us where we can find you on uh, on social media. Fans want to talk to you, interact with you, give you a follow. Tell us where we can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm, I'm building out all my other pages from there, but I'm just on Twitter for now. So I'm on Twitter at, at It's Cashew Time. So at I-T-S-C-A-S-H-E-W-T-I-M-E. It's Cashew Time. Please give Charlie Cashew a follow. Cool. Thanks, Charlie Cashew. Well, Brian, get this guy out of here. I'm sick of looking at him. I don't, I'm not even going to remember his name five minutes after he walks out the damn door. And... uh Let's bring somebody else in. All right, we are back here with our next guest, another student of mine. Uh, he's a little bit older than Brad is. Um, Jason Pepe, we call him PP here at the school. Uh, his character name is Alejandro, which is a very, very, very far cry from what he is and who he is as a person, so that's fun. But Pepe used to be an MMA fighter. He did Muay Thai and things along those lines. He wrestled. He fought for a couple uh, decent promotions and stuff. So let's welcome Jason Pepe. Thanks for having me here, Brian Fury. Thank you. Appreciate it. Kingpin. So what's up? <laughs> so uh, promos are not Alejandro's <laughs> strong point quite yet. I'm going to take it. Um, Probably your first time on a podcast, maybe? I don't know. Maybe you did it with MMA? Uh, well, I produce a podcast, but I, I'm not really on the show as much. And as far as uh, promos go, I can cut a promo as Alejandro. I cannot do one as myself. Hence, we went the complete opposite way with who my character is to who I really am. Gotcha. Okay. So you have to talk when you have the microphone. Uh, you're going to talk about yourself. Uh, we're trying to let the fans know who you are and talk about your journey. I'll, I'll give you kind of my impression of, of, of this young, uh, this young, well, I don't know, I don't know how old you are, but 
you're a young, young man compared to me and Fury. Uh, I'm standing in the ring, and uh, I, I kind of knew like the guys that were going to be in with me, and I didn't, wasn't really familiar with the gimmicks or whatever they were playing, and I hear Lady Gaga <laughs> start, to, start to play, and here this guy comes out with this shirt and now he has some sort of accent and uh i didn't know i didn't know what to think so yeah give what, what what's the scoop with this character tell me i mean do you fancy yourself a ladies man like where what, what was the inspiration for alejandro the inspiration for alejandro actually comes from a part where, where i was in high school and i used to prank call different radio shows and i used to prank call like uh shopathons and all that other stuff and i would use an accent and it, it would kind of just be like hello how are you today? One of those things. I sound like Puss in Boots. This is before the Puss in Boots movie came out and all that stuff. So um, I started calling shows like that. And a lot of people were laughing. Some people got pissed off, hung up on me. Um, I started speaking to my wife like this uh, way before we were married. And literally, I did it all through high school, made my friends laugh. I still now do call certain podcasts and radio shows, just you know, not this one yet, um, with the voice. And people get a kick out of it. So one night... Uh, we were cutting promos here. We had Scotty Slade, whole class full of people. And cutting a promo as myself, as Jason Pepe, the MMA fighter, just was very boring, very, very mundane. I'm going to tap you out. I'm going to beat you up. I really want to fight. I want to hurt people. We've all heard it before. I'm 6'1", 6'2", 260 pounds. And that's what everybody expects out of a big guy. You know, the same boring stuff. So I decided to give it a go. I said, let me brush something off that I haven't done in a little bit. And I started speaking with the accent. I just looked at my classmates. I said, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Alejandro. And immediately everyone stopped looking at their phones, looked up. And what was supposed to be a 30-second promo ended up until about a minute and a half, almost two minutes. And, I, I, you know, when you pop the boys, it's, it's a pretty good thing, at least from what I hear. So you give him 30 seconds and he already, he already goes triple time? Boy, you got your hands full with this guy, Fury. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean... You are. I mean, you're. You're. It's. It's funny. We just had fresh face Charlie Cashew up here, and uh, and and you're somebody. Obviously, you have a little bit more life experience. Uh, I made fun of your shoes earlier with your trainer, and I said, "Oh, you're most certainly a dad," and you confirmed you you were you were indeed a dad. So, coming from you know coming from the world of MMA, is pro wrestling something you've always loved? And uh, you know, and then you know, talk about the transition. Why why leave the world of MMA and and come to pro wrestling? Well, originally I was, um, I actually started my journey in professional wrestling when I was about 18, 19 years old. However, I did not have the mindset for it. Um, very egotistical, very cocky kid. I originally started training back, I think Slick Wagner Brown was actually my trainer. And I, I trained over at uh, Killer Kowalski's School of Wrestling, the original one in Malden. You know, those giant steps that you get winded just by walking up before you even get in the ring. Um, it just wasn't for me. And uh, I actually had Walter turn to me and say, this isn't for you. Until you get your mindset, come back to it. I said, yeah, right. I left. I didn't really care because I had no respect for myself or anybody for that at that point in time. And I started getting into MMA with the idea that if I became a legitimate badass and I became conditioned enough as an athlete, I could get into professional wrestling. It was only supposed to be about a year. I was supposed to train in MMA, learn some techniques, come back, and implement it into pro wrestling. That didn't happen. I, it just immediately I started with amateur kickboxing matches and smokers or what they call them here, which we don't really talk about because they're kind of illegal. Um, and then I transitioned into MMA, learning how to like really wrestle, grapple, jujitsu, all that stuff. I just never got around to getting back 
into it and back into professional wrestling. So what had happened to me was I had one last amateur boxing smoker and, um, it was, it was kind of funny. I actually got hit in the back of the head, dropped to one knee, looked at the guy and I said, yeah, I'm done. And, and I was just like, I'm done with this. I'm not enjoying it. As a matter of fact, when I won my MMA heavyweight title, uh, for CFX who were defunct now, probably because they put the belt on me. I, uh, I just didn't feel like being the, the piss out of somebody was entertaining. I don't think it's real entertainment. There's nothing great about it. And I always felt like crap after it. So, um, Lo and behold, one day I just uh, was on Facebook. I saw that you guys had a fantasy camp that I had missed. And I looked at my wife and I said, that money that we have, give it to me. I'm going to go check out uh, New England Pro Wrestling Academy. I'm going to try it. And let's see where it goes. And nine months later, I'm having the time of my life. So that's what kind of brought me back to it. I just wanted, I wanted to pursue a dream. I already sacrificed enough of my youth to my daughter, who I love. Don't resent her if you're listening, Arissa. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm old enough to know better, but I'm young enough to continue doing this. I'm very fortunate. Now, I actually was unaware of the Killer Kowalski training. I knew that you had trained a little bit somewhere else kind of prior before coming here as well, and you had a little accident, and you got injured and stuff, and then you find your way to here. So you talked about how you didn't really enjoy the feeling after MMA fights and stuff. Well, how did you feel after your very first wrestling match at the Countdown last week? So I was going to keep this a secret until you just put me on the spot. So June 14th, um, back on June 14th uh, of 2000, I had lost my grandmother. My grandmother got me into professional wrestling. I was 16. She, she was raising me, so that was really shitty. When I found out that the countdown, professional wrestling related, was on June 14th, which would have been the 19th anniversary of her death, I really wanted to get on that show. L luckily, I did. By the skin of my teeth, I got on that show. Very happy about that. The feeling going out there was very different from a feeling going out into a fight. The backstage atmosphere was completely different too. None of us wanted to kill each other, which was great. At least I picked up on that a little bit. But going through those curtains for a fight, very different. You're going out there, you don't hear the crowd. You don't want to even give a damn about how they react. You, you barely hear them, you barely hear your coaches. Walking through, when I came out on the Chaotic Countdown, with Alejandro blaring in the background and all that, and seeing... Uh, seeing Kingpin kind of laughing, kind of in the ring, and Scotty Slade waiting for me, completely appalled at the purple Paisley shirt I was wearing. Listening to the crowd reaction, it was a rush like I've I've never felt. And I'm very I'm not a stranger to crowds. I'm not a stranger to crowds at all. And that look that that spot, what was it about? Did that last like a minute maybe? Yeah, like After that. somebody chopped the living crap out of me and threw me over. Uh, <laughs> when I got backstage, and a lot of people didn't see it, I um. I just kind of sat down in a corner and I got really emotional and I cried a little bit as I'm getting emotional now too, which I'm probably going to get shit for later. Um, but I got to perform in front of my daughter. I got to do something I've been wanting to do my entire life. And uh, June 14th wasn't a, a shitty day anymore. Very cool, man. You won't catch any shit, or at least not from me, maybe from Fury down the line. But uh, no, I think it's something where this is something you love and uh, something you're passionate about and, and something you care about. It shows you care um, and that it meant that much to you. So very cool to hear. Again, th this is a show where you got me, <laughs> Crockett, and Fury's on a lot. And we have all these people who have, I mean, the years and years and years and years. So it, it's funny being so far removed from that moment. So uh, congratulations to you. Keep going on your journey. Uh, keep this very positive attitude, uh, uh, you know, and uh, much like I said to Charlie Cashew, hopefully you have social media. I do. 
All right. So uh, why don't you tell the fans, uh, you know, where they can find you, where they can give you a follow, how they can keep track of your career and how Alejandro is doing in chaotic wrestling. Well, you can find me on Facebook uh, just at Jason Pepe. You can find me. Uh, My profile picture is me screaming in the middle of a chaotic ring wearing a purple paisley shirt. It's very, very easy to find me. You can also Google me if you want to watch some fights, just not my recent one because that was terrible. And um, as far as that goes, yeah, I, I also produce a, uh, a talk show or a podcast myself. Do you mind if I put that in? Uh, it's called Tony Talk. Uh, my friend Tony does a show where he just answers phones and talks and just gives people advice, and I produce the show for him. Uh, you guys want to listen to it? It's uh, blogtalkradio.com slash Tony Talk One. Cool, man. Get a Twitter and uh, get an Instagram. So uh, <laughs> learn. Ask, you ask your daughter. She'll, 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 she'll teach you. Uh, so thanks for joining us, Alejandro, Jason Pepe. Fury, this is going great. I think uh, I, bring me someone else. Let's, do, let's keep rolling, baby. We'll get one more. All right. Well, Brian, you brought me a, uh, a familiar face here. Somebody I, I, I'm actually very, very familiar with. I don't know if he knows this. We talked about it very briefly in the open. I don't even know if he's aware of this. Uh, when me and Tarzan were booking, this man joining us here, Anthony Bronya. Am I saying you're right? You know, you, you know how I know how to say your last name? No, I'm not, I'm not Italian. <laughs> uh, Rico Bronya, who played for the Philadelphia Phillies. So I've, I've seen that name before. But uh, Royce Bishop is his name. Royce was around when me and Tarzan were booking way back in the day, and uh, he was somebody who was ready to join shows, and we got him a couple matches. And I remember uh, first match ever, he already had an entrance video. I was like, wow, this kid is something here. And, <laughs> and then we wanted and, – and are you aware of what I'm about to drop on you here? We wanted to team you with Flip Gordon. You guys were going to be a tag team, and then that's kind of when you – disappeared you know family stuff da, 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 da. you don't have to get into why you disappeared but were you aware of the fact that me and tarzan were gonna make you and flip gordon a tag team i heard light rumblings of it and and flip would come to me with all these gimmick ideas and he's like yeah we're gonna do it but i i never i never heard it from you guys so you know uh anyone that knows flip flip likes to talk a lot so i you don't know what to believe with them <laughs> Well, in, in this case, uh, Flip was, you know, Flip was correct. Uh, that was our plans for you guys. We wanted to take two young guys and put you together and build you as a tag team, mainly because uh, the Cam and connection was just not working out for us. <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, Fury, tell uh, from your perspective a little bit about uh, Royce Bishop here. Royce Bishop, we call him uh, Tony Coach here at the school because when he first started, he looked exactly like the former Bulls player, Tony Coach. For all your young fans out there, Google him. Good kid, uh, texting pal of mine. It's a it's a running joke because I text him all the time, but never actually have hung out with him other than at the school or at a show. You know, I think he was a kid that had all the potential in the world when he was here back in the day. Uh, former rapper, he traveled around the world, Europe and stuff, right? R- rapping, doing concerts. So he was used to a crowd. He had charisma galore. Um, he's a big kid. He's you know he's stocky. Uh, he was picking everything up, and then he just kind of disappeared. And then years later, he came back, and he was a big boy. He was o- over 300 pounds, and I shit on his life every single day while he was here. And he's looking great now. He's lost, like, I think, like 70 pounds. Is that what it is? Like 85 pounds since he's been back. He actually has a great build, and he's found himself a regular place 
not only on chaotic shows, but a couple other shows across uh, New England and stuff. And I think he has a very bright future ahead of him as long as he applies himself to it. So what's it been like for you kind of starting to get yourself out there a little bit and wrestling around some of the shows in New England? It's been a little bit of a challenge. Um, different locker rooms, different places, meeting new people, working, working people you've never seen wrestle before. You know, it's one thing when you're in the school and you kind of know everybody's stuff and what they do. And um, you can put together your matches a little bit easier when you know the guys. Uh, meeting new people, it's, you know, it steps out of your, you know, your comfort zone. But I think it also helps you grow. So, like, I'm, I'm really enjoying that. I'm enjoying meeting different promoters, um, establishing those relationships, trying to travel a little bit more outside of the area as well. It's It was a challenge coming back, but my goal was to get my weight off and get on shows as soon as I can. And I challenged myself. It, it took longer than I wanted to, but um, I'm happy, you know, with, with where I'm at now. But um, I definitely I'm, I'm looking to get out a little bit further than, than where I am currently. You're a little bit different case than I think a lot of the people, you know, you I mean in my time when I was a trainer here and then and then obviously just time in wrestling and Fury's time, you know, owning the school and being a trainer and you, you don't fit t the typical profile of people we see walk in the door. Usually it's this fresh faced like kid, they have no responsibilities, they've been nowhere, done nothing. You're somebody who like Fury just covered, you had like an actual performing career uh, where you had to be in front of audiences so you know how to engage audiences you know how to you know what you have to do to sell yourself you know how to market yourself but there's also the flip side of it and this I know about you and that you have a family you have young children you have a wife you have a, a home you have responsibilities bills jobs where a lot of people when they're first starting out in pro wrestling they're probably still living at home with mom and dad and all that good stuff so talk a little bit about you know I didn't have the family till I was already w very well established in pro wrestling so I don't even know what this is like. What is it like with all the sacrifices that you have to make in the beginning, all the traveling to shows for little or no money, all that stuff? What is that like trying to balance being a husband, being a dad, supporting your family, while also trying to, at the very beginning, pursue this pro wrestling crazy dream where you are making – I'm not going to break any news here. Royce Bishop is not making any money in pro wrestling right now. <laughs> I think first thing I tried to do was uh, was tackle my my merchandise game and, and get that up as fast as I could because I heard uh, a lot of guys make some decent money off that. But you're definitely correct. I I came in it a little bit different than most. I wasn't 18, fresh faced, right out of high school, like trying to train and be a wrestler. I was a rapper until you know my mid 20s. Um, decided I didn't want to do that anymore. Uh, my wife got pregnant with our third child and. It was time for me to buckle down, and she was like, "Hey, you know, chasing dreams is cool, but like, rap's not paying the bills." So I was like, "Cool," and I went out and established a career for myself, and, and wanted to make money and support my family. And then I always loved wrestling. It was since I was a little kid, and um, I ended up running into a former owner of Chaotic Wrestling Adult, and we talked about it. And he was like, "Go down to the school and check it out." And so I, I mean, I was 26 the first time I stepped in the school, and then. Life got a little hectic and I you know, had to support the family and I stepped away for two years. And when I came back, my mindset was just to follow the dream. It wasn't about the money. I make enough money outside of wrestling where I can just enjoy doing this and chasing my dream. And I don't have to worry about 
paying bills. I, I pay bills fine with, with my outside career, and I can just focus on being the best professional wrestler I can be uh, and enjoy the ride. Um, I don't have those stresses. I know so many guys in this industry that stress every day. I don't, I don't have that worry, and I, I think that helps me come in with a clear head and stay focused. That type of thing and the families that you guys have and the lifestyles you guys live is so weird and foreign to me. Uh, you know, a guy like me who I waited until like a year and a half until after I stopped wrestling on shows on a regular basis before I even got married. You know, I, I based my whole life around professional wrestling. So there was nothing that was going to stand in my way of doing things and certainly not like a girlfriend at the time or anything along those lines, you know, and here I am 40 years old now, finally married and settled down. I have the family that I want to have because I don't want to have any children or anything. I always look at it as I have 20 or 30 kids of my own downstairs at the school here that I have to keep tabs on and I'm constantly texting and checking up and you know, hearing stories or asking other people how my kids and stuff did at random shows over the weekends and stuff. So that's my type of family. So I can't imagine... The balancing act that you guys have to do, and I know I give you guys a lot of shit, like, you know, if you want to do wrestling, you got to do this, you got to do this, and you're one of the guys I text a lot saying, oh, you're only going to make class one day this week type of thing, but I know you're out there doing... The over 3 text. Yeah, you got the over 3 text because you missed Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, uh, but I know you're out there, you know, you're just starting up a, a company of your own, you got three kids, and you got a little league, and all that other stuff, so... I can't imagine trying to do all that balancing act, um, but as far as the wrestling goes... Very established in chaotic wrestling now, part of Killanova Incorporated, and that's a, a huge group that we have here. But what's it like for you not having the Killanova Inc. name when you go out to other places and, uh, and, and other uh, wrestling companies? Well, I'll say, um, just touching base on, on what you said a second ago about um, the families. I'm lucky that my, my two boys like wrestling because I can... Uh, I do aggravate some promoters. I'm like, hey, do you mind if I bring my boys? Because like, they really like to see their dad get their butt kicked because they can't do it. So they, they get the, the revenge out of it. Um, as far as being other places um, without the established name that I kind of came in with, with um, Chaotic and the Killanova um, Incorporated brand and, and logo behind me, I still go out and wear the gear. So I kind of steal a little bit of that, um, that shine when I'm out. But I think when I look at myself um, in Chaotic, I'm still Royce Bishop. The character that I am in the ring is who I try to portray everywhere. Um, I guess I just don't have the the clout, which I hate that word, but it gets thrown around a lot. I, I don't have that clout of having a Christian Casanova or the guidance of Trigger the OG with me when I go around. But I try to take all the stuff that they tell me and implement it everywhere I go um, and still carry myself that same way. The relationships I have with those guys outside of wrestling, I kind of carry that into the shows. Um, I think when we talk about the Killanova culture, it's we really do think it's bigger than wrestling, and, and we try to expand that everywhere. So even when we're not together at other promotions, uh, I feel like we're always thinking about how we could be together there. Um, so I, I still try to stay in that same zone when I'm there for the future, just in case they're like, hey, you know what? We see what you're doing over at Chaotic. We want to bring that same thing over here. Um, so that's always a focus of ours is to grow it as, as big as we possibly can. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I see, I've seen your, I've seen your kids at shows and stuff, and they usually, I think they dress like Christian a lot, um, <laughs> which is, you know, which is, which is cool. It's cool. That, I mean, I, I, my son's, my, my daughter, she digs it, but like, she's not seeking out wrestling to watch when we're outside here. I and mean, my son is a uh, 
goddamn maniac and just <laughs> obsessed and wakes up in the morning and the first thing he does is attack me in bed. Um, so he's, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's a, he's a maniac, but, uh, yeah, I mean, going, going out now, you are, ch- you know, you are at a point in, in your career where you're chasing bookings, you're, you're calling promoters, you're emailing promoters, you're, you're Facebook messaging, whatever, you know, you're, you are contacting and trying to get out there and, and, and all that good stuff. And talk a little bit about that process. Like, what are you doing on a daily, weekly basis? You know, how are you trying to get your name out there? I mean, the Kilanova Inc. thing, I think is, and is fantastic in chaotic wrestling, but not every promoter is going to want to bring three or four of you in at a time and if you're looking for opportunities on your own as well so how, how are you how are you doing it like take me through because it's been so long <laughs> since since i've had to do that like how how does that happen in 2019 absolutely yeah so like i was saying as far as like even if we can't bring each other in we still try to represent that the Killanova culture everywhere we go so hopefully that in itself carries some kind of weight like people will know who we are because they're hearing about it i reach out to promoters through facebook usually that's that's most of it i think we're we're really fortunate with the chaotic elevated series um i've been featured on i think three episodes so far so it's content that's there i know talking to to fury and and hearing it from you and and guys like Warbeard, like having to send VHS tapes, you know, back in the day. And like, you know, it's very hard to get yourself out there. We have all the tools now, you know, in 2019, we have, YouTube is, you know, the best way that we can get all of our stuff out there. Um, and I owe a lot of it to guys like Scotty Slade and, and AG for putting me in contact with, with bookers. And I think a lot of this too is that word of mouth um, and having someone that can vouch for you and anybody that's willing to put their name and their stamp on you, I think goes a long way um, with their relationships with promoters. So um, I've been very fortunate in that where I think maybe some guys haven't as much where they have to reach out a little bit more. I've been lucky where a lot of my introductions have been from Fury recommending me or, or guys like AG or Christian um, or Scotty Slade. I think that goes a long way for me. Um, but I still travel down to shows, you know, just meet the promoter, help out setting up a ring. I think a lot of that is just the old school paying your dues. And I still think that's alive today. So I've, I've done the trips up to Maine and uh, down to Connecticut and New Jersey just to offer a helping hand and, and hope that they just get a good look at me. And even if they've never seen me wrestle, they just kind of look at him and go, Hey, you know, that's a big kid. He looks like he has some potential. Like maybe we'll give him a quick little shot. And then at that point, it's up to me to prove myself. But I think we're all just looking for opportunities any way we can. And any help in hand that we can lend, I think, you know, helps and goes a long way. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, he's got what, you know, you know what Tarzan saw in him. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and it's, you, you do have, you know, you do have something that can't be taught, and that is a size and a look, and people are going to look at you. And uh, I, I think Royce Bishop kind of passes the airport test of like, oh, who's this guy? Big guy. Like, you know, if you're full of tattoos, and but that's what pro wrestling's about. It's about star power. And, you, and again, you know that. You have that experience of traveling the world, you know, trying to establish your rap career. So you, you realize, like, you. You can't just be on, on this normal-looking, nondescript dude who people aren't going to look twice at. Like pro wrestling, you have to be larger than life. You have to stand out in in some way, shape, or form. Um, tell me, Brian. Like you, you know, you're your owner. You know, you're the owner of Chaotic Wrestling. You got Royce here in a in a in a prime spot. You know, what are the things that you looked for and saw when you decided? He's ready for for the type of because really I mean he's in a main event spot in your company right now very early in his career but he's in a main event spot he's affiliated with the champion like what made you kind of decide like hey yeah this kid's ready for that 
I mean, it's it's different for the way it works at Chaotic with the kind of the affiliation with the school and stuff. So I get to see, as a promoter, I get to see a lot more of these people that I book usually than a regular promoter would be. So I know the type of work that he puts in. I can see the type of matches that he has on a regular basis here at the school. I can see on a day like today, if I'm up here in the office kind of doing stuff with you, he's able to take a leadership role downstairs and kind of help out some of the newer kids. So I know where his head is at and I know where he is at. So... When we first brought him in and we put him with that group, we knew he'd be surrounded by people that would be able to help almost elevate him and bring him up, but then put him in some matches. You know, he's in a tag, so he's working with people like the Logan Brothers. He's able to do stuff with Main State Posse, and I see that he's able to hang uh, with these guys and, and be able to actually look good in a lot of these programs. Then, yeah, obviously, we give you that opportunity, we give you the platform, and then when you actually prove yourself and do it like it's okay now let's let's take him to this next level let's take him to this next level and when people keep you know you know what it was like when we first started like he's a guy that wants to prove himself every time we give him a new challenge or a new opportunity um so that type of thing is awesome he's not a guy going out there kind of sleepwalking through matches he really wants to prove himself and and kill it so that type of thing i like to reward people for that hard work and, and it feels good for me to be able to reward someone for their hard work yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and that's that's great to hear from your perspective. I'm sure it's great to hear you, essentially your boss. <laughs> this is uh, this is a pleasant surprise here. And you know, me and Fear, we have a love hate relationship. I love him, and he hates me. It's it's uh, it's one of those things. It's always good to see uh, me put a smile on his face every now and then. Um, but I, I do. I owe him so much for for where I'm at, uh, just in the in the chaotic, you know, locker room, like elevating me into that kind of position and trusting me with it. I think once he put me in there, I had already lost like 65 pounds and he was up my ass about dropping another 25. And, you know, he's just like, and I needed that extra push as much as, you know, it, it broke my heart every night going home. I wanted to stop for a slice of pizza. I'd always have Fury's voice in the back of my head calling me, you know, a fat F and, uh, you know, you know, pick up my cardio game and stuff like that. So him pushing me, I think, um, has just helped me get better and want to kill it. A lot of it is he's our trainer and, and our mentor, you know, for all the guys here. And I think most of us have the mentality that we want to impress him. That's the first thing when we come through the curtain is, you know, we look for Fury to see if he was watching the match and, and try to get an opinion on it. Or if I'm at another promotion and I have a match, I'm always like, hey, when can we sit down and, and look at it? Because his approval means the world to us. Very cool, man. Very cool. So, you know, you talked about you have the established career out, outside, and I, don't, I certainly don't want to compromise that. So, <laughs> reveal what you can. But uh, what what are your goals with this? You know, everybody's goals are different. Everybody wants a little something different out of pro wrestling. But kind of, you know, where do you want to be a year from now? Three years from now? Five years from now? What what's the what what do you want the journey of Royce Bishop to be in pro wrestling? I'm very open to to just whatever opportunities I can earn myself. Um, I'm 31. <laughs> I'll be 32 in the summer. Fury, I always make age jokes because I'm one of the oldest in, in the class, but Fury always makes a joke of just, I don't have miles on my body like other 32-year-old guys coming in the business. So, you know, I, I put a 10-year shelf life on myself, 30, you know, 32 to 42. The next 10 years, I'm all in and whatever opportunity I can possibly get, no, no pun intended if, you know, all in, all out, whatever. <laughs> but um, any opportunities I can get, um, I'm open to them, you know. Could my, my family life handle a WWE schedule? I don't know. <laughs> but if they came calling, it, uh, you can't turn down WWE if they come calling. But, I mean, I'm, I'm open to everything. I want to go to the ROH camps. Um, I want to get 
you know, some more eyes on me and, you know, look at the promotions that have relationships with AEW and, you know, travel overseas. I'm really open to any opportunity that I can possibly earn myself. Um, and then I'll take care of the family in the back end. Luckily, my my real life stuff, as far as my job and, and owning my own company, I can run from anywhere. So I'm very fortunate in that sense to have established a career where I can be on the road multiple days a week and still run uh, my company from wherever I am. Very cool, man. So, I mean, la last thing I want to do is, and, and you're a savvy guy. I know you have social media. Tell us, you know, tell the fans where they can find you, where they can give you a follow, how they can keep up with, you know, what you're doing and, and, and where you're going. Absolutely. I'm uh, I'm just learning Twitter. Fury got on me a lot for Twitter. Um, I I still am not great at it, but um, you can follow me on, uh, on Twitter at the Royce Bishop. I'm also the Royce Bishop on Instagram as well and Royce Bishop on Facebook. So um, yeah, feel free. Give me a follow. I'm, I'm pretty active um, on all social media platforms with promoting new dates where I'm at, um, fun promos every now and then. I'm also a huge 90s and 2000s R&B enthusiast, so you'll see a lot of those postings on my Instagram. Uh, so I try to keep people entertained. I think just having content out there and establishing relationships. When we were growing up, you know, you couldn't touch any of these celebrities. You couldn't reach out to them or anything like that. So I think coming up, you know, as a young guy in this industry and being new, I want to be there to establish all those relationships with anyone who supports me. So anybody that comes and buys merch, you know, at our tables, it, they normally can reach out to me through DM. And I like to have conversations with everyone and show them that, you know, we appreciate it as, uh, I guess, technically a struggling artist, just like I was as a rapper. <laughs> right on, man. Well, continued success. I feel like, you know, I feel like at some point I'll probably be staring at Royce Bishop at the, in the ring on the other side of me at, at, at some point between, you know, all the different places I work. And uh, so continued success, Royce Bishop. Thanks for joining us. Brian, thanks for, uh, you know, I'm, yeah, you're going to stick around to close the show with me, I'm assuming. But thank you for letting me disrupt class and, and have these fellas on. This has been a, a great perspective. And, uh, and, and we'll be back with the uh, promo about nothing and, and a little bit more. All right. Well, that was that was a lot of fun, Brian Fury. Uh, you know, again, getting the fresh perspective of some fellows who uh, are at the beginning of, of their journey uh, in in pro wrestling. So follow them on follow their careers and on social media and 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 come to Chaotic Wrestling to see these fellows. And any, anything before we kind of move on on uh, on these three guys. I just want to thank you for not only continuously plugging the school and Chaotic Wrestling, but giving new kids kind of an outlet to spread their wings a little bit and, and get a little bit uh, out there. Uh, it's good for new people to kind of see these new kids as they come up and just like you said, like follow their careers. You know, they could turn into, you know, a Brian Malonis or a Brian Fury someday. They could turn into bigger than us someday. Uh, they could turn into less than us, but it doesn't matter. Like it's cool. Uh, follow these guys, watch their careers, at, you know, from, from the beginning. It's rare that you get to watch somebody from the very, very beginning of their career and see where they go. And then you can be one of those, cool kids later on in life saying I remember this guy when he first started I remember this person when they first started and you can tell those tales to your children and grandchildren someday down the line F fans say that we say ah oh, the moment this guy walked in the door I knew it I knew <laughs> it's gonna be something special but yeah uh, three three good guys and, and hopefully they uh, you know they continue their success all a little bit different points in their career uh, as well in their journey so if you want to kind of follow us on social media or le at least if you want to follow the WPAN. It's at the WPAN on everything. Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, 
Uh, I think Crockett even has a Snapchat for the WPAN. I don't know if he ever posts on it, but, you know, whatever. But follow us on, on social media. Uh, pretty active on there. Crockett is. Crockett is the voice behind uh, WPAN Twitter. Uh, so I, I think people sometimes get confused and think maybe they're talking to me. You're not talking to me. You're talking to Crockett. That's what Crockett uses. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail. We want to hear from you. Get your voicemails in, and we'll play them on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401 584 WPAN. We love to hear from fans. Brian Fury's been a frequent uh, voicemail caller, so get your voicemails in, into us. Uh, we'll play them right here on the show, respond to them, and if they're dumb, we'll probably roast you. So, <laughs> one more time 401 584 9726. Also, like to give a little love to some of our friends. Uh, some of them are friends. Some of them, your friends. Uh, guest host last week, Mike Mills and his podcast, Booking the Territory. Uh, they do. Uh, I think they're still doing the the Smoky Mountain Review podcast over there. Plus the uh, Booking the Territory proper. But uh, give them a follow on, on social media and give them a listen. Great show, Mike. Uh, really appreciate uh, him coming on last week. And and Mike's a good friend. And hopefully, uh, might be meeting up with Mike a couple months from now when when back in Texas and then also a couple of guys I don't know how familiar or how much you listen to them but OVP our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast one of my favorites they take a look at uh, classic wrestling all things retro wrestling and they're the, the northern version of what Booking the Territory is they're the southern version so kind of two retro wrestling podcasts where you get the opposing views of the north and the south and, and kind of the all things uh, WWF-ish and, and then all things uh, Jim Crock promotion and uh, WCW. Uh, greetings from Allentown with PW. Peter Winson, uh, he gives some interesting take. He watches one one episode of a, a classic pro wrestling show and takes you on some wild journey of what was happening in that year and that time frame. So really good stuff from, from Peter Winson and greetings from Allentown. And always check out the Rundown Wrestling Podcast on the Rundown Wrestling Network. They got a bevy of shows on there uh, almost every day of the week, so find them and give them a listen. Uh, but it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, this is weird having to set this up myself. Crockett usually does this for me, but I, I am uh, hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying my trade as a professional wrestler. And believe it or not, Brian Fury, I got dates. Can I, can I reveal one on here, or does that have to stay... Oh, <laughs> this Friday night, uh, I don't know, this could be the first time it's being heard, I'll be making my return to Chaotic Wrestling, not my long-awaited return, because now I'll be on back-to-back -back shows for the first time in quite some time, I think, but uh, I'll be coming to Woburn this Friday night for Chaotic Wrestling. Uh, Fury, well, give us a little bit about the card, I, 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 gotta, I gotta admit I'm a little blind <laughs> going into this, so plug away, my friend. Alright, this Friday night, Woburn, Massachusetts. Um, we have the tag team championship match of the Bears versus Killanova Incorporated. One of the guys that was just here on the podcast, Royce Bishop and his tag team partner, the OG, Tripolicious. The main event was announced, but I think that's changing a little bit. I, I, uh, you know, we'll see uh, what happens uh, with, with that main event. It's going to have to change a little bit. Uh, and then all the wrestling stars of Chaotic Wrestling will be there. Uh, the new New England champion, Brandon Locke, will be in action. A bunch of different things. And then I think we're going to have a little bachelor party action. Anybody that saw the countdown saw a proposal to end the show. And I think there's going to be a little bachelor party action. Uh, you got to be there to see it. Uh, so come there Friday night, the 28th in Woburn, Massachusetts. Uh, what else do you have coming up, Brian? 
Thanks, Betty. Well, uh, Saturday I'll be uh, I'll be having a late night in Catholic wrestling in Woburn, no doubt. And then I'm gonna have to get my ass up real early and go catch a flight to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to head to uh, the city of brotherly love uh, for Ring of Honor's international TV taping at the 2300 Arena, the old ECW Arena. Did you know Mike Crockett called ECW a net negative in the history of pro wrestling? Interesting enough. <laughs> but uh, I am with Ring of Honor on Saturday, uh, June the 29th, international TV taping. Get your tickets now rohwrestling.com uh, the only way you're going to see it is live or on episodes of ring of honor television then on july the 12th a friday night i'm heading to my 25th state brian fury how about that 25 states i'm halfway done i'm heading to tulsa oklahoma for compound pro wrestling along with the beer city bruiser uh, not sure who we're taking on yet but really excited to go to uh, to oklahoma drink some beer kick some ass all that good stuff with my uh, good buddy the beer city bruiser and then we'll be boarding an airplane from Oklahoma to Wisconsin, uh, heading to Brew City Wrestling in Waukesha on Saturday night, July the 13th. Uh, so making the rounds, uh, doing the loop, I guess, as they as they say. But we'll be in uh, Waukesha on July the 13th for Brew City Wrestling. Really excited for that one. The following week, get to do the Northeast Loop for Ring of Honor. Coming to New York City, first time since uh, G1 Supercard, Ring of Honor is back in New York City, this time at the Manhattan Center, the Hammerstein Ballroom. Uh, that is an international TV taping. Big match that certainly me and the Beer City Bruiser will be watching very closely on that one is the Gorillas of Destiny, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, taking on the Briscoes. you got to think that the Bouncers, the number one contenders, are going to be taking on the winners of this match, so the match we'll be watching closely, but... If you're in the area, uh, you know, look on rhwrestling.com for tickets and information. And then the very next day, July the 21st, a Sunday, very excited. Always love to come home with Ring of Honor. I've had more matches in the city of Lowell than any other city I ever will wrestle in my entire life. Uh, so always fun to come back to, uh, you know, Lowell with Ring of Honor and, and wrestle in front of my hometown crowd, my friends, my family. Hopefully we'll see you there, Brian Fury. Uh, you've made some appearances uh, we've seen when, when Ring of Honor is in town. So hopefully you'll be there. Uh, and that is it for July. I'll stop there. I don't want to get into August yet, but it's going to be busy, busy time uh, coming up and very excited. Who knows? Maybe, um, you know, you never know when that tag title match might come. So, uh, you know, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. But uh, always getting out there. So if you'd like to book uh, to book me, I guess, uh, my email is brianmalonis at comcast.net. Uh, you also can DM me on Twitter. Or if you're one of my friend, friends like Brian Fury, just shoot me a text message. And I might be available to come to your pro wrestling show for a nominal fee. <laughs> I feel like I'm affordable. <laughs> um, all right, so it's promo about nothing time. Uh, the year, 1992. I, Crockett does so much better setting these up than I do. Like, he does research. I, I mean, truth be told, what, we found something, what, like five minutes ago we're going to watch here? Yeah, we were both perusing through YouTube and our phones and kind of pulling up ones and trying to remember which ones you may or may not have played on the uh, podcasts previously. Uh, and then you found a good one here. I think this one's going to be very entertaining. Yeah, we're going to go down to Memphis. We go to Memphis a lot, I feel like. Um, if there's one thing I've learned about Memphis wrestling in uh, doing this podcast over the last three years, it, it probably was not very good because um, some of these fellas in these promos, we go to Memphis a lot for the promo about nothing, which, as you know, is, uh, you know, we're trying to take a lighter look. We're not, we're not, we're not throwing out uh, Randy Savage and Dusty Rhodes promos on here, you know, so we're going to Memphis, the USWA. This is, uh, 
a team I've never heard of. They look familiar, though, but that's probably because of the gimmicks they've stolen to to make theirs. The Dream Warriors. So let's uh, let's go to Memphis, Brian, and we'll go to the Dream Warriors now. That's all right. That's fine. That's fine. I don't mind Memphis. When are we going to Memphis? I want to go to Memphis. Yeah, no. Hey, we're there. Come on, Ronnie. Man, you said it was going to happen. It's going to happen. Hey, let me tell you something. I'm glad. I'll tell you what. I'm taking out some precious time here. I want you people to listen up, baby. I've come from, I'll tell you right now. I've been to Florida. I've been to L.A. We toured the Midwest. But you know what's lacking, baby? Memphis. I had no reason. We had no reason to go there. I'll tell you right now. The good guys, the bad guys, I'm telling you. Listen up, people. We put hurtings on all of them. Public humiliated everybody. I, I'll tell you right now. Well, I'm going to Memphis because of something that somebody said at a little uh, social gathering. Now I'm angry. Now I'm angry, you know? And, and because of it, because of it, now, now we're coming to Memphis and you got two problems, ladies and gentlemen. Listen up. Huh? Screamer and Brood. Screamer and Brood. Screamer and Brood. Go ahead, man. Nail them. Nail them. Tell them, man. Tell them. Yo, What's we, on your mind, baby? We've been waiting for this to happen. That's right. We've been waiting for this to happen. Yeah. And now the time's coming. Look the at time him. is coming. Look at him. Huh? You guys don't know what's your. You don't know what's coming towards you. That's right, baby. You're gonna say, "What the heck are these guys on?" <laughs> Nothing but pure adrenaline and drive to be where we know we're destined to be. That's right, baby. And those are those USWA tag team belts. That's right, baby. <laughs> Look into these eyes. <laughs> Look into these eyes. <laughs> we're not here to make no friends. We don't care who got those belts. That's right, baby. <laughs> we don't care if you like them. We don't care if they're the Rock and Roll Express. The moon dogs will go through anybody, because you see, you want us to make it personal? Damn it, we'll make it personal, because we know we're destined to be on top of this league. <laughs> Screamer, let them know where we're coming from. Let them know. We're the Dream Warriors! Our destiny is to be on top of this monthly world! And now, it comes to Memphis! It comes to home! To be the world champions! USWA! We're coming! Because of something that spewed out of your face. That filth, huh? I'm hoping your little boots can back up those big words, baby. Because of you, now all Memphis has got to pay. Look at you now. <laughs> oh, man. Wait till we're there. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Let me tell you something, baby. <laughs> Memphis, 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 Memphis. They only say the actual promotion one time, I believe, right? Yeah, and the uh, the names too. Like I, I've only definitely got one of their names down, and I and I've done some searching, and they're not like the most easily searchable uh, tag team on uh, uh, on the internet, where you can literally find everything. I know one guy's name is Screamer. Is it Bruce and Lenny? <laughs> Lenny's the manager. Bruce is the other guy. I don't know. I don't know what the the manager was saying there. But then, yeah, you knew it was Screamer because as soon as he started talking, there was no talking at all. It was just screaming. He was the prototypical old school '80s wrestling promo. And then he just started screaming and telling the promo like this, and you couldn't really understand everything that he was saying. Well, he did that 
later on, but then there's the weird in the beginning where the manager's kind of talking off camera. He's just like, oh, yeah, hey, we going to Memphis? Is that where we're uh, – like, I, I almost didn't know at first. Was that, was that like – was that an outtake? Were they not supposed to do that? But I think that was intentional. I think they were like being nonchalant about it. Yeah, these guys aren't good at promos, and they're obviously doing their best Road Warriors slash Demolition slash Ultimate Warrior sort of impersonation here. Yeah, I thought that was uh, Flex Rumble Crunch and uh, Max Smashmaster for a couple seconds there. When I first took a glance, I, I wasn't sure exactly what was going on. Face paint, no shirt, and the jeans. Uh, when the first guy started talking, the manager was weirdly rubbing his chest and, and kind of slapping him on his chest a little bit. It made me a little uncomfortable, but man, this was a one of those like, don't do this wrestling promo type of things when, when we show promos up here at the, at the school. And maybe the question of the entire promo, people are going to say, what are these guys on? If I had to guess by looking at their physiques in 1992, I'm going to say D-ball. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you've heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. Uh, Next week, uh, we're going to be right back here. I don't know if it's going to be Mike Crockett or it could be Brian Fury again or it could be Mike Mills or it could be somebody totally different uh, for episode 166 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, I'm the brawler Brian Malonis. He's the firebrand Brian Fury. Big ups to Mucko and thanks for nothing. 